life prepares us to do meaningful work and to deliver a contribution to to work on purpose but we don't realize we're not aware of that so when you were in the middle of a negative situation when it's been year after year where nothing seemed to work just know that that's life life's training to be able to prepare you for something How much can a 30-minute conversation with the right person change your life, career, mindset, and actions? Asking questions and listening to learn has taken me around the world and through two master's degrees. I'm Rob, a learn-it-all voicing a growth mindset and working with my podcast team to share perspectives that empower listeners who believe there's more to all of our stories. These relatable coffee chats are the fun, fast, and free way to laugh, learn, and look back while we witness purpose and direction for making our own way with heart and hard work. All right, heart, hard work, action. We're back and rocking here with Silvio Kojokaru, uh, joining us all the way from the UK, right? Dialing in? Yes, that's correct. Super excited. Thanks for, for agreeing to join us for the show. This is going to be a good one. Uh, in our new format, I'm really excited to welcome you. We're going to laugh, learn, and look back as we work from perception, connection, all the way to reflection. And we're in the last section, we're going to put you on the spot, get to know a little bit more about you personally, because after I read and tell people more about you and they look into you, they can find all those business details. But it's going to be really nice to get to know about you in the behind the story. And then we're going to learn, we're going to talk about your key takeaways, particularly for people looking to find that success, especially when changing career and your areas of expertise. And then we're going to look back and we're going to actually put you on the spot and have you answer a star story. That's something that, you know, we haven't had to do in a little while, but a lot of the people who we're helping who are going to interviews have to be able to answer a star story. And we'll explain more about that as we go through. But in the meantime, Silvio, good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. What are you drinking this morning? Thank you so much, uh, Rob. Uh, very, very glad to be here. I'm, I'm having actually a third coffee because it's uh it's 3 p.m in my in my time in the uk so i'm um, um coffee for sure enjoying coffee always always coffee um yeah americano nice. is my my thing americano is all right yeah. right so we got a little good thing going uh, i'm drinking a little bit of water but that's awesome man. it goes to show whatever time you're listening to this whether it's in the morning you know getting ready for work or driving to work coming home whatever it's we're going to make it fun, fast, and free to be able to enjoy this kind of development and, and to not have to feel like we're doing it all alone. So we're going to move into the first question of the official, official podcast, which is, you know, for me, it's been a very important question because witnessing is the most powerful way of being present and engaged with someone, uh, especially in their process. So as hard and hard workers, the whole premise of this podcast and as listeners is we understand and strive to bridge the gap between how others see us and how we see ourselves. So the first question we ask to empower our guests as well as our listeners is, how do you want to be witnessed? So Sylvie, that's to you. Yeah, good question. Um, I would like to be witnessed, like the, the perception that I want to give and what I want to, to show others is regardless of what you're going through, you can always find a way to do meaningful work. You know, I'm really, really inspired by the work that um, Tesla is doing in their mission of accelerating um, the world's um, transition to electrical vehicles and all of this stuff. And I feel like my what I want to be known for and what I want to be doing and, and how I want to be remembered is the guy who accelerated the, the world 
to be working on purpose and to waking up excited every morning, knowing that they do something that matters. Um, if I can do that by the end of, of my, my life, I'll be more than happy. I love that. And I could tell that even from when I went to reach out to you, like people kind of also know, like, where did this podcast come from? You just pulled it out of thin air. Like I connected with people like yourself who are motivated, who are, are driven and living with that passion and purpose and trying to inspire other people. So I reached out to you on LinkedIn, learn more about you. I'm going to get to read your, your biography in a second, but uh, I just, you know, I was hyped up to talk to you. We connected and it's awesome that we can have this conversation and try to put that forward to communicate and help more people find their purpose. So absolutely. I love, and I love the fact that you, uh, you know, you, um, you are proactive in about doing, in, in doing this and, and starting to build this community that everyone needs to be part of. Um, so I really love what you're doing as well and admire that. Right on. And for anyone that didn't read already in the description that we'll post with this episode, but Silview is a career coach and the CEO of the AHA Moment Academy. He specializes in helping people at crossroads transition into meaningful jobs and careers. So they wake up excited on Monday mornings, enthusiastic, ready to go. And just, I think, just living out that purpose in school, work, competition, whatever it might be. The, the overlap is, is so awesome. So now I'm going to throw you into our, we're going to jump into our laugh, learn, and look back. The first section, we're going to laugh together. We're going to get to know a little bit more about you behind the scenes. Obviously, you're, you're very intelligent. You're a leader. But we really, we want to build that personal connection. And on the other side of that, th these are questions that I've actually used while you jump in a Zoom call and there's two minutes before and, you know, everyone's, you're waiting for people to stumble in. Like, instead of sitting there in silence, you throw out one of these questions. Hey, would you rather? Do you like this or that? What's a good, you know, movie that you saw sometime? It just gives people something to mention, something to talk about and is the foundation of our working relationships. So I'm going to throw you in the hot seat. You ready to rock? Love it. Go for it. All right, here we go. And what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, um, be the change that you want to see in the world. Nice. It's, Would you rather have a beach, a mountain, or a forest vacation? Forest vacation. I definitely love, I'm, I'm a forest guy. Just unplug and get away from it all? Oh, I love it. What's one food that you can never get tired of? Ice cream. I could have it every day, three times a day. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Oh, definitely uh, vanilla. I'm I'm that boring type of <laughs> ice cream eater, but it's it's, it's the way I roll. That's fine. My brother is the type that would like take a scoop across all three. <laughs> uh, what what is a Disney character, or who is a Disney character that you relate to? Um, the frog. <laughs> from the princess and the frog <laughs> all right what's a song that empowers you that's funny because i don't i don't give you a chance to explain it but anyway what's a song that empowers you um i always listen to this song in the gym we ready we ready oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's like a classic football yeah. song nice definitely would you rather have chunky or smooth peanut butter definitely chunky there's a lot of texture in there I, I'm the same. I got to have the crunch. Are you a dog or a cat person? Definitely a dog. Nothing against the cat person, but no, cats are weird. Some, some kittens are nice. <laughs> There's once in a while you find a nice kitten, but most like, like dogs are just happy to see you. What's your real life superpower? Focus. So much so that my wife gets angry with me that I'm not listening to her. <laughs> like hyper focus. While I work. Yeah. Hyper -focus <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so focused that I can't listen. I'm so, <laughs> 
What and what's a fake superpower that you wish you had? To be able to bend time, to be able to have more time in my in my life. I wow. never get enough time. Like Doctor Strange. Yeah, definitely. You got the, nice, like nice. And everything. Very cool. You snuck that in right at the buzzer. Got that in just under two minutes. So well done. Uh, not easy to be on the hot seat. Most of the time people are like, oh gosh, I don't want to do that. And then at the end, they're like, what else you got? Bring it on. Um, that's, that's, that's cool. So it's cool. So now I want to transition us and take a sip because we, we scattered up. Just finish my, my voice. Listeners at home, it's a good time to take a sip and just, just laugh with yourself for a second. Um, so now we're going to move into the learn section, right? So we're going to connect with you a little bit more talking about your key takeaways and most importantly, how they have personally affected you. And so I'm going to pass it to you to tell us, you know, what have been the top three lessons that you really learned the hard way, things that have changed the way you think or had a vivid impact on you. And we can listen and kind of take away and learn from them the easy way. Got it. Got it. So um, number one lesson that I've learned in life is life prepares us. And this com- this is coming from a coach that's worked with hundreds of, of clients. So life prepares us to do meaningful work and to deliver a contribution to to work on purpose but we don't realize we're not aware of that so when you were in the middle of a negative situation when it's been year after year where nothing seemed to work just know that that's life life's training to be able to prepare you for something my own experience I was in, I was at the beginning of my career, I was successful. Everyone was proud of me earning as much as a 40 year old on the outside. Everything was brilliant on the inside. I was so miserable, burnt out Mm -hmm. and unfulfilled. And looking back, that was my training to be able to gain the empathy to help clients who are in the same situation. If you were to ask me at that point, is this training? I will say, absolutely not this is like i really hate what i'm doing i don't like my life i don't like my job but it was training so that's number one life prepares you to to do that kind of work and you don't really really know it until you realize what's your work purpose what it is that you're contributing right i like to say that yesterday gave me everything like i we don't know if tomorrow's promised but yesterday gave me everything and prepared me with everything that i need for today absolutely it's, it's like exactly as you said our experiences give us that empathy and that compassion in a large part it's that desire to get rid of that pain for someone else that becomes a skill for yourself as well. So it's awesome that you've been able to leverage that into a career for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you don't realize how it's helped you until you don't get clear on what you want to be doing going forward. Mm-hmm. Then all the boring jobs, all the times where you weren't fulfilled and happy and you feel like a failure makes sense now because that was, you can see how those jobs are crucial or were crucial to your development and to the growth in the next stage of your career. Yeah. So what do you feel like made that difference for you? Like, how did it flip from what you were doing, let's say, from being busy, you know, to actually being fulfilled? Stephen Covey talks about it being like the movement from being busy to being efficient to being effective. When you're busy, you're just doing a lot of stuff. When you're efficient, you can do a lot of stuff in, in, in a good amount of time, but you can't truly be effective until you know what you want to achieve and you are working hard and diligently towards that. How do you feel like that plays out for you? How have you been able to make it meaningful and find that purpose in yourself? The way I was able to find my purpose and kind of make that transition meaningful is by learning to see uh, the world as a broken vase, Mm. a broken vase split into billions of pieces. 
and each of us has a piece. And if you don't contribute, if you don't add our piece of work, our contribution, that vase will continue to leak. So when I've realized when that, when that shift happened was when I was able to see my work, not as a way to pay the bills or to just get us an, an accolades or significance, what I, when I was able to see my work as a contribution and I was able to find what that piece is and then see how has the past helped me prepare, deliver that contribution. It's, it's that mm. concept of, of the wounded healer, right? You go through some events, you are, you're wounded, and by learning to solve them, you're able to bring back a solution to the society that right. others can use. So when you, when you see that, that situation when you're wounded as a way to, as an opportunity to be efficient and to go through those stages that you mentioned, then you're able to see, wow, I've gone through all of that stuff so that I can find a solution to become efficient at it and then provide it to the society and provide my piece of, uh, of right. contribution to the bigger vase so that the, va the vase is not going to leak anymore. Right. Well, that's actually a beautiful analogy. I'd never heard the, the broken vase analogy. In a similar vein, you know, on the, on the other side is, I mean, it sounds like you're just a modern day philosopher, Sylvia. So it so says like back in the day, uh, Aristotle wrote or Socrates wrote about um, Aristotle wrote about Socrates in the Republic and he talked about how everybody plays a role in society and he he proposes like what's truly virtuous is it what's good for itself what's good for others or what's good for both you and exactly. others and he said okay well surely we get like you can't just give everything to everyone else you leave nothing for yourself so that can't be good and if you do everything for yourself then you know that you know that's just going to come off as selfish but how do you prove he's what he was trying to accomplish how do you prove that what's best is what's best for yourself and best for others and he talked about similar argument is just is that our society is so much stronger when we are interdependent when we are able to leverage what we've been through in our experience to get good at something then we can provide more and we can all do more together like how many pencils could you make by yourself in one year is another analogy i think from from grit or from another book how many pencils could you make by yourself in one year the answer was probably like a hundred, maybe like, uh, who, who knows, a couple hundred, but together we can, you know, mass produce, we can create things like industrialization, we can create those synergies and work together. So finding the intersection of purpose is, is really what's best for yourself and allows you to help other people. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very interesting that you mentioned industrial, industrialization because the way we developed as a society, when we, we started as tribes and the right. way you, we survived in a tribe is by providing that piece to the tribe, like going out, you are a hunter, you go and hunt. If you're a, I don't know, farmer, you go and farm. So you bring back something to the society. Then we grew into industrialization where everyone became team, every, everyone focused on efficiency. And then we forgot that concept that helped us stay together and, and, and grow. So it's good that like we go, industrialization got he, us here to the point where we were self-sufficient and, and, and it, it, everything's awesome. But if we lose that track of that, that aspect of community giving back, not just through volunteering, but seeing the work, your work as a way to contribute. Right. If, if we forget that, we go, we, we, we lose ourselves. So understanding, right? Understanding the social constructs, understanding the history and the evolution. That's kind of what I've been wanting to try to find a way to shine more light on for a while is just how do we think about the social constructs that came together to get us where we are? But then it's like that 
adage like what got you here won't get you there so our it's got to be our ability to understand that and break from that if we want to be thought leaders if we want to be progressive and we want to continue to reach the next steps like okay we did this but that doesn't mean that the system's perfect it just got us here yeah and if you were to take that one step further is what got you got you here is not going to take you there but also if you continue doing that that may that that thing may kill you look at like the ecosystem, if we continue with um, at the same pace without shifting the approach, that can get us in trouble in the long term. Right. So it's definitely getting to a, a specific stage and then unlearning what you've learned previously to be able to move on to the next stage. Right. It's kind of like now, just because I always like to wrap everything up in an analogy whenever possible, and you gave us the broken maze. It's like if you're in a burning building and your strategy is you're going to you know, go out of the escape window. That's a great strategy when you're on the first floor, but it doesn't <laughs> exactly. work. It doesn't work the higher up in the building that you go. So you need to that's be able to one. reconsider strategies, right? So um, that's great. And, and I think that that leads perfectly into the next thing that you're going to talk about, your next key, way, key takeaway, right? Um, which awesome. was, yes. Yeah. So the next, uh, the next um, key takeaway is this. A job doesn't help you feel appreciated, smart, valued, in any way, it's not the job. What I noticed is, um, I'm, um, is, it's not the job that makes you feel in a specific way. It's how you manage your career and how you manage your career has a number of, of you know, managing your career has a number of ways. So I'll give an example. People are looking for that dream job. They go, oh, if I, if I get to this leadership position, I'll be the most fulfilled person in the world. If I get into this company, I'll be the most exciting person in the world. But what happens? You go into that job and after the new job honeymoon is over, you realize mm -hmm. that things are not as, as you expected. You still have stress. You still have a lot of doubt, insecurities inside. You may not be say them out loud. So learning to manage your career in the first, the first point is, you need to learn to manage your emotions mm -hmm. and deal with the stress, with the overwhelm, with the procrastination, with the anxiety, with the stress, all of those emotions. You could be the, in the best job ever and still not be fulfilled, happy, and, and excited and feel successful because you don't know how to achieve that. You don't know how to, to measure that. So it's not the job that makes you feel in any way is your ability to strategically manage your career. The other aspect of that is learning to continuously get your masks off and be who you are. So in the workplace, how many of us, um, how many of us went, to the, in, went into the workplace and pretended to be someone we're not just so that we can cope with that situation? It may just be one aspect of one, one relationship, but when you do that one time, a second time, a third time, you forget who you are because you put on so many masks and try to be everyone to everything to everyone. And then you forget who you are and then you go, who am I? Like, why am I not happy? Like, why can I not set out set healthy boundaries in the workplace? Why can I stand? Can't I stand up for myself? Well, you forgot who you are because you're you had to be whoever you needed to be, and you put on so many masks. So the second point of like managing your career strategically is learning to get rid of some of those masks and be yourself. Yeah, it's really the emotional intelligence part that you talked about. It's like. A lot of times when we mistakenly talk about emotional intelligence and we're doing an episode about this next next week and it'll come out in the batch similar with yours, but we talk, we think that emotional intelligence is like the ability to cry, the ability to, you have to be, 
journaling and diary and like some of those things you know it's mindfulness you have to sit there and home but you know blank your mind that's that's not what emotional intelligence is it's it's the ability to contextualize situational awareness it's resilience it's grit it's reframing it's the ability to look at us at a hard situation and say okay i i do or i don't have enough resources for this it's not you know it's me it's external to be able to contextualize everything and compartmentalize it so that you can attack the problems that are appropriate find resources when you need them and actually be as efficient and as effective as possible definitely it's it's being able to become aware of those emotions and manage them um, right yeah so true and and especially the craving right we crave the dream job we crave the dream car honeymoon promotion whatever it is and then we get it and it, it's not good enough and i think that's because every time we achieve happiness we set the bar and we raise the expectation for next time we can't just get back to that same level and be content with it oh i got a new car and then you know soon that feeling will wear off and you're going to want another new car because that car is no longer the new car it doesn't it's never going to continue to bring that same happiness quote unquote because we'll keep setting the bar of coming back to it it's not enough so finding that within yourself is is so important and that's emotional intelligence so i want to really grab that third takeaway from you uh and and i'm, I'm really i'm on pins and needles because the first two have been dynamite yeah sure um the the third one is you don't get what you want in life you get what you give mm. this needs a little bit more explanation because it's yeah. a it's a um, softer lesson that i've learned quite recently to be honest and it's been like a huge aha moment for me so in life when we focus on achieving our goals what happens is we focus on ourselves we focus we create that craving you're you're speaking about and that craving creates a lack and that lack is then transmitted out to to people when you speak with them right. and you're not saying this but when you speak i can see that you're missing something i can see that you're not in this for both of us you're in mm -hmm. this for yourself right and it's something that's not spoken it it's it's never spoken i can just feel the energy of someone and that that and you know you've met people that were just looking to get whatever right. they wanted didn't care about the others no reciprocation exactly so the more you focus on giving the more you receive the world is like a mirror like you put love out there you get love you don't reply to people well employers are not going to reply back to you so that's why when when we focus on helping people strategically manage their careers we ask them okay one big piece out of like the nine pieces one big piece is what is it that you want to contribute to your work not volunteering not saving wells in north on the north pole this is not about contribution contribution is like what is it that you want to give that you feel like it's needed and when you focus on that people increase double their salaries they they go to leadership and they they they, they grow right. exponentially and it's just because they they are selfless in the sense that they focus on giving and then ju they just receive so right. when i make this uh, switch literally my 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 business quadrupled um and it's not it's not because i focused on okay let's meet the quarterly goals or let's meet the this personal goal is just about okay let me see how i can serve this person when you reach out to me i said how can i serve your audience I, i'm not interested in like you right. know anything yeah. else but 
Can I serve your audience? Yes, I'll do it. No, I won't. And as a caveat too, just to sorry to interrupt, I was reaching out to you saying, how can I better help bring people to your business and promote you? Exactly. So I created this interdependence. It's like, that's someone I want to work with. And it's because I believe in the message that you have. And I believe in the, these key takeaways that I see all over your profile, all over your business. And I know that those are the kind of things that are going to, going to continue helping people. And so I, I, I share this school of thought for sure. Uh, and a great resources to look into for listeners. Adam Grant has a book called Give and Take, where he talks about the reasons why givers go, uh, go much further in their careers and have so much more success than pure takers. Uh, and, and even those who are matchers, which he talks about in his book, which another one that you're referencing too is uh, how to win friends and influence people, which is like the Bible of you know, how you can have an influence with the people around you and how you can get people, more people to care about your mission, your cause, how you can have a better influence as a business leader, two absolutely awesome references. And so I'm with you completely, Sylvia, on, on you, you don't get what you, what you want, you get what you give. I like to say you get what you are and I am a giver. So I, I include that as part of my identity. So you don't get what you want, you get what you are. Here's the, here's the question I have for you. This is a challenge question because I know there's a bunch of listeners that could be saying, yeah, but that's kind of BS because you're just giving so that you can get back. And what would be, I have a response in mind, and I would, what would be your response to someone who says, yeah, you're just giving so you can get back? So um, a very good book on this and that explains exactly what I'm going to say is Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. It doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't necessarily, it's not really important um, what you do, like you give. It's the intention that matters. Mm. So if you, if your intention is to give so you can get back, <laughs> you're still, you're still creating lack. You're still on a low level of energy. You're still trying to manipulate people into giving you back. The intention is even more important than that what you do, right? Um, so to that, I would say, focus on the intention. If the, your intention is, is good, um, what you do, like who you are speaks a lot, is a lot louder than, than what you do. Um, and you, I could, I don't know, I could give you this interview slot, but if my intention is to get something back, you would know it mm -hmm. um, right away. And that's even, even that will make you feel guilty inside, which lowers your level of, uh, level of energy and kind of attract even more people that are, looking to get something from you secretly by trying to manipulate you right i I'm, I'm even a little bit more prepared for this question naturally i actually try to never ask a question unless i have the answer to it or an answer to it that that we can then iterate and reflect on together i'm not in like a, i'm going to put you on the spot to see if you're right or wrong just because i'm curious what you're thinking definitely but um to me it's that it goes back to that actually that aristotle argument about socrates and he says well, it actually is best when something is good for you and good for me. But the argument goes on to propose, like again, with the pencils, how many pencils can we create by ourselves? If I make myself better at mastering my craft, I am then better able to contribute to society, which means I'm better able to help other people. And I think this is a big part of the entrepreneurship mindset is the better I can help other people, the, the more I master that skill, the better I've made myself, the more I'm giving back value to society. And so it's an, an, an ongoing influx of interdependence and just constantly investing and in doing what's good for me and staying with that pure intention, like you're mentioning, 
it, it is what's best for everyone because we are constantly able to cultivate those values of no, you deserve to be compensated. You deserve to feel good about the good things that are coming back to you because these are the values that we're trying to cultivate as a society. We know that they will take us further. So you move in a, in a, you know, at first you're unconscious and uncompetent, and then you're conscious and incompetent. Then you're, you're unconsciously competent. You don't realize you're doing it. And then you're consciously competent. You realize what you're doing and you can continue to help other people and make that a skill like you've been able to leverage that into a business into this aha moment academy that continues to help people it's just it's really cool to see it it, it culminate in it in someone like yourself who's doing really meaningful work definitely and and one more argument to what you just said um around you know um giving and taking or like that that um intention the reason why is not necessarily great a great approach to give with the intention to kind of get back is yeah. because when you don't get back, you don't, you don't always get back, but when you don't no, get no. back, you'll you get disappointed. You go, Oh my God, you see, I've, I've, I put everything into this company, like years yeah. of work and they look at what I got. I didn't get anything. Right. So I, I understand the people that think like that. Cause I used to be like that. And, and it's, it's almost, it's hard to th- to say, well, you just need to give, 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 and never, never right. get back. Um, but if you have the intention to give and then you're strategic around how you manage your skills so that you get to that place of like unconsciously competent, you're able to do things automatically, then yeah. that's not a problem anymore because I know that you will be able to also receive when, um, when, when it comes to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and let's wrap it up in an analogy that's easy to understand. There's a, there's a, there's a book called uh, Bucket Fillers and it's a children's book. But it's, it's such a simple concept that we could use some paying attention to it at the business level is that the concept is everyone has a bucket and it's filled. You could say it's filled with kindness, it's filled with energy, whatever it might be, it's filled with respect. You can always fill someone else's bucket and you, you what will happen is it will get returned to yours. Your bucket will in, t- in turn be filled, but you can never take from someone else's bucket. You can't look to just take from someone else. If you knock over someone else's bu- bucket, if you spill you don't get it back in yours. And in fact, you both lose, but you can always fill and you can always add more to your bucket and someone else's. I keep that in mind when I think about like why I give and those indirect things that come about after the fact. And I have a whole framework that I talk about on a couple of different episodes about why I think that there's different levels to every action that we take, both in what we get from, we get back from it directly, indirectly, what others get back from it directly and others get indirectly. And people will never meet, but we are a part of creating those higher values and higher principles that are going to help people long after we're gone. Absolutely. So I love that. So wrapping up those three key takeaways, life prepares us to do meaningful work that we're born to do. Your dream job will not bring you the happiness that you crave. That that needs to come internally. That there needs to be that emotional intelligence. And you don't get what you, you don't get what you want. You get what you give. Uh, truly three awesome takeaways. And I'd love that you shared more about what they meant to you personally. Thanks for doing that in our learn section and take a sip. Perfect time for that. Listening at home, having a good time. Uh, Now we're going to move to the star story, wrapping this up. I really want to reflect because we've had such a great connection and, and conversation so far. So in business interviews, candidates are asked to present a two minute star story. Whenever you ask to answer a question, you really want to put it in the form of situation, task, actions, and results. That way, the format is clear and relevant. It makes the information accessible. 
This is something you probably haven't had to do in a while because you're the CEO. You're probably on the other end of the of the interviewing, but you certainly know about helping prepare people for those career transitions. We're going to reflect and strengthen on it after, but for now, the star story I want to ask you to help listeners emulate and hear your your quality of response is tell us about a time when you had to influence without authority. Okay, so for this one, I'm going to pretend that I'm um, applying for a job in your company yeah. now in the future, and you would hire me for the role of a COO um, that to help you organize the business. Yeah. So um, as I was managing my business as a COO in the Ahamamant Academy, one of my um, roles was to build the infrastructure so that we can build this business to the point where we can manage 50 clients a month with a low level of staff. That was that presented such a huge challenge because we didn't have a lot of budget. The company was at the beginning, and there was there were so many unknowns. Um, and and frankly, no one has done it in the same way. And and the CEO had no idea of how to do this. So, what we've done initially, we've mapped out the exact processes that we need in order to fulfill the needs of our clients, get new business in and be able to expand with the current staff. Once those processes were, were laid out, our job was a lot easier. So then I used my own framework, which I developed over the years to help identify what is the leanest way possible we can run those processes and what is the technology that we need to be able to execute the, those processes. With those mapped out, within about a month and a half, we're able to create one single dashboard that in enabled us to understand the client levels that we have, the, the need for the resources, and where we are with the sales and marketing efforts and the output of that. As a result, the, the CEO, my, um, my, 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 my business partner at the time, was able to take better decisions and become successful in the company. What I've done throughout this process, I was able to influence the direction of the business without me having to tell him, hey, this is what we need to do. I've involved him in the process and made this a smooth, pro a smooth, a smooth uh, bra brainstorming um, for both of us. I had, I had a, uh, a slightly bigger impact in the decision that, than him, but it helped us get to the point where we're both happy. With the results and now the company is on its way to having 50 clients a, a month nice um really cool the, especially at the end i was waiting like i thought everything was really excellent i was waiting for like some good quantifiable number so something some things that you did that were excellent uh i love that you you staged it really framed it nicely in the beginning by talking about what you needed to do and what were the challenges that's what makes for the best stories the best stories come from challenges people don't want to hear I woke up in the morning, I ate breakfast, I went to work, and then I went to bed. You know, you talked about the challenges, you know, there was a budget, we're new, we had all these unknowns. And you talked about how the CEO, you know, leadership was not, was not clear about things. My leader was not clear about things. And then you, you talked about the actions that you took specifically and their impact, which is you mapped out a, the exact map of what was needed. And that, and you explained how that made it easier to in, in, implement the framework. So the framework being 
that you were able to figure out what uh, what what processes needed to be done and what technology needed to be used. And so then I, I like the quantifiable amount that you talked about time in there. Um, you said one and one half month, you know, be able to make a single dashboard. Those things really stood out to me because I was like, okay, I'm someone who could see myself working with you because you've made work now a lot easier and a lot simpler. So I like that. Um, talk about the impact on sales and marketing for the results, better decisions and successful. Something I would have liked a little bit more was some some quantifiable metric about those decisions. You know, maybe how how many decision processes were affected, or how much there was in budget that was saved, or how how we were able to streamline the processes. That's something that people who are listening can also look to throw in. Um, and then I loved at the end that you reflect and you reflected and strengthened. You said like this was a seriously good process because. I involved him. I, I facilitated his his buy-in. I got him involved and he impacted the decisions from there on. And so we were able to now have 50 clients sustainably every month. So I might even say in the beginning, like, you know, just to frame that to get someone really interested, like a lot of times when they're listening to these stories on the interview side, it's like, great. Um, I'd love to tell you about a time when I was able to take our business from no clients to 50 clients per month in in a month and in, in one and one half months. So there's so many great elements in there and in your story. And I know you haven't had to tell one in a while, but for whoever's listening, they can definitely emulate a lot of the great qualities that you've included in there, package them up nicely to be able to, to really highlight those results and talk about how the actions that you took specifically made the impact that they did. Definitely. If, if um, this is, this is, by the way, this is done on the spot. Like right now, I didn't even, one bit, I didn't even think about it. You missed it um, on the preparation form. So that means that's yeah. how you know that you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, one bit that I think I wish I could have done a little bit more of is speak about that emotional side of the, of, of things. Cause people try to buy because they, they think they buy because of their logical reasons, but they buy because they, of their emotional reasons so i would have liked to see to to say the the transition before and after of the ceo how he was feeling at the beginning how he was feeling afterwards if i was to nail those down i was like ah i just missed that as soon as i i stopped i was like oh emotions nice that. well that's cool i'm glad that you got to include that in there now and uh, takeaway number four from sylvia is practice right like you certainly <laughs> you hear it all the time these stories only get better the more that we practice telling them so hopefully if you're if you're in you know, grad school, if you're in your MBA program, if you're going into an interview, find someone, ask them to ask you the question, reflect on it. And then, hey, more importantly than what I have to say about it, Sylvia, I should have asked you, you know, how did you feel about that? How did you, what did you think about that, that question? Definitely. So, so I feel like it's, it's, it's definitely a good one. One thing that I always suggest to people when they go through this, um, when they go through the interviews, if they're able to provide a methodology, mm -hmm to solving the problem that that puts them in the expert seat because when you have a, a methodology it shows that you've dealt with that problem so many times that you now created your own process and you go oh my god this guy is even has a process right. or this girl is right. even has a process has him has his own method yeah of course he knows how <laughs> to do this um and that's what brings you up a notch in terms of the authority that you have and the expertise that you show to to the employers right um so yeah right, you're like, he, he's got a mental algorithm that guy's got it going on so um so sylvia act really awesome i wish i could sit here and talk to you all day um but you know moving forward what's one helpful resource where we can go to continue this conversation continue learning from you 
So I recently recorded a video um, specifically titled how to wake up excited in the morning by simply by creating your strategic career management plan. It's on my LinkedIn. Uh, you can access it um, via the link co um, called link.theahamomentacademy.com/strategic-career-management-plan. Uh, we can include the, the link somewhere in the, in the yeah, the link, will, the link will be included. So if you didn't catch that, you can just go down to the description and grab that. And that's that's an entire blueprint on how you can manage your career and wake up excited, not just by looking at a job and getting into a job, but, but also how do you manage your career strategically? Right. Fantastic. And I, I'm a firm believer. It's the reason why I started the podcast. There's so much more to learn and in even helping other people by asking questions rather than just telling them. So the last thing before I wrap it up and summarize, what is one question that you'd like to leave with our listeners, our heart and hard work uh, community on LinkedIn that we can have a discussion about on this episode? What's one question that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Got it. Well, I feel like the best way to avoid making mistakes is to always think ahead. Um, and one question that I would have is, what would you say today is your last day, your 67 or 77 or whatever your last day of work is? What would you have regretted not doing? Yeah, no, it's, it's a powerful mental exercise. So we're going to pose that up so that we can have that discussion. Hopefully we get some, some people chiming in and just you know really grow that network of everyone looking out for each other. Really enjoyed getting a chance to laugh, learn, and look back with you, Sylvia. Uh, definitely emotional intelligence, intelligence. There's clearly that grit factor, just getting to know you behind the scenes, those personal responses, chunky peanut butter for life. Uh, loved your key takeaways. You know, life prepares us to do meaningful work that we're born to do. Don't be chasing our dream jobs because that's that's not the way to happiness. You know, you have to find that in, within yourself first. And you don't get what you want. You get what you give. Really awesome takeaways. Thanks for helping us with that star story. Uh, we can continue to practice and work on quantifying our results, talking about our influence without authority as well. And we're going to look forward to your resources and, and I hope that more listeners continue to get more and more out of this. It's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks, Robert. It was fun. Thank you so much. Please help us empower more people and share these conversations by following, liking, and commenting on our Heart and Hard Work community LinkedIn page. Your support, reflections, and feedback help us build more together and remind us of how much is possible when we take action with heart and hard work.